doing to me movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet. Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. internet travelers and welcome once again to the before and after show i'm your co-host Corey tyndall usually joined by co-host mj smith and if you're new to the podcast you're actually tuning in on a special episode so thanks for joining us the general premise of how the show works is we take a film that we've never seen before usually one coming out in theaters along with another film loosely tied to it either by like actor or director and we give our thoughts, impressions, and kind of our overall expectations for what we think the film will be like. Sometimes we're joined by a guest just to kind of spice things up. And in the after episode, we all come back and we've seen the film. And we kind of tell you what worked, what didn't work, and just kind of our overall verdict of how the film was. Um, so today, like I said, it's a special episode. Um, we're talking about Pixar's newest feature film, The Good Dinosaur. So MJ and I like talked and we wanted to do something kind of fun. So we decided to tackle Pixar's entire filmography. <laughs> you heard me correctly, Pixar's entire filmography. So myself, along with MJ Smith and guest Nick Crown, today we are going through 16 Pixar films, giving our thoughts and impressions about all of them. So we realize this kind of makes for a lengthier podcast, but since it's the Thanksgiving holiday, we thought you could put it on as you're driving to see friends and family, or maybe as you're preparing food, or maybe you can put it on after you've consumed a whole bunch of food and you're slowly slipping into a food coma, like I will be. <laughs> um, regardless of why you're here, we're glad that you're listening. Um, tell us your favorite Pixar movie. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And uh, without further ado, let's just jump right in. Alrighty, and we're back. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for this episode. Um, as you guys know, uh, The Good Dinosaur is coming out this this weekend? This Wednesday. This I Wednesday. Mm, that's right, right before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So this will be Pixar's 15th uh, feature film, if I'm correct. 16th. 16th. Thank you, MJ. Um and so yeah, we were we're just gonna kind of get into uh, the meat and potatoes about Pixar, but first, right off the bat, um, we're gonna go around the table and we are going to give our our gut reaction Pixar's top five movies. And before we even get into this, I'm just going to give the disclaimer: um, this is going to be a very controversial episode. <laughs> I know for all of you listening out there, because um, I'm I'm <laughs> I texted MJ earlier. I was even at odds with myself trying to pick a top five Pixar movie. Um, so just enjoy it um, for what it's worth. Um, if you agree or disagree, um, feel free to email the show or message us and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nick, because you are the honored guest, we are going to put you in the hot seat oh, first. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here's my top five. Uh, not in any order. 
not in any order at okay. all. Or maybe I will give you an order. Okay. <laughs> so at the top of the list for me is a Ratatouille. Okay. Okay. Uh, top of the list is Ratatouille, and then going from there, uh, not in any order. No, the next three are in order. <laughs> the next three are not in any order. Uh, so there's a tie for second, I suppose. Inside Out, mm-hmm. Cars, yes. Toy Story 3, and then the last of the list, uh, spot five, is The Incredibles. Okay. Uh, and I have a reason for that as well, which I'm sure we'll get into later. All right. Ratatouille is number one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, sir. That's interesting. That's a good list, Is though. That the, oh, that's a good list. Am I offending you guys? I, are we I'm getting, not offended. Are we getting I'm, controversial I'm, it's, it's already? It's a very interesting choice, as I'm not yeah. the biggest Ratatouille fan, but mm. I don't hate it either. Mm. So, All right, so, Mr. MJ, we pass it to you. Sure. Uh, number five I have is Inside Out. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, uh, The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Number three... Three is going to be Wally. Mm-hmm. Number two is Toy Story three, and number one is Up. Mm-hmm. Good list. Yep. There were some things uh, missing from that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. We have a very similar list. Um, okay, and so coming around to me, um, number five is The Incredibles. Number four is Inside Out. Uh, number three, I feel like this is, this can change at any point, but I'm going to say Toy Story 3. Um, number two, let's see. Number two, I am going to give to, I was going to give to Wally, and then number one, I was going to say Up. There you go. So, Very similar. Yeah. Um, Inside Out didn't make your top five? No, it did. It was oh. number four. It was number four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm sure we have thoroughly offended people by the lack of <laughs> Finding Nemo or Monsters, Inc. Yes. in our list. Yep. It's not that those movies are bad. No, not no, at all. No, I was no. really struggling with Finding Nemo. That's got to be number I, six. How many movies did you say Pixar has made? 16. 16? 16. Yeah, like, maybe it would have been better if we did like a top 15. Yeah, right? <laughs> a top 15. So I'm like, no one's offended. Right, and we'll just leave Cars 2 out of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everybody wins. Oh, oh, my goodness. Except for the one guy who loves toys, or Cars 2. Oh, he's like, oh, these guys. I hate these guys. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so we're going to, now that we have that out of the way, we are going to kind of take a walk down memory lane and kind of dissect some of these films what makes them great um yeah why are they why are they memorable um whole bunch of stuff so um so the first list uh, the first movie to kind of start off the list is toy story so can i interrupt you on that for yes. one second i think we would be remiss in, in the in talking about pixar and the history pixar has we're not doing an older movie this week yes uh, this is the second and probably three episodes that we won't be doing one because Star Wars is next. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Um, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about two movies that were integral in getting Pixar to where they were today. Yes. Mm. And that is The Brave Little Toaster. Oh. I didn't know they had a part in that. They did. That was really. One of the, yeah. They gave that to the, the kind of the team that would be Pixar was given money to make The Brave Little Toaster. Oh. Um, 
and also The Iron Giant. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. That's Wait, a good so movie. Pixar was involved in Iron Giant? Brad Bird, who's yeah. one of the Pixar big okay. legs, directed Iron Giant. Yes. And I, that's one of the greatest animated films ever made. I was, yes, <laughs> was yes, going to talk about yes. that, but there it is. Yep. So I think before we even get into Toy Story, that's kind of the groundwork. I mean, there's also, you know, the fact that Steve Jobs had a huge hand in Pixar, and mm. um, so did Lucasfilm. Like, they kind of started with Lucasfilm and then. Uh, Steve Jobs gave them Apple money to play with later on, <laughs> and that's how Toy Story got funded. Um, oh wow! Yep, yeah. There's a if you have if you have the uh, crazy special edition of Wally on DVD, there's the Pixar Story is mm. one of the special features, and it has all this great information uh, about the history of Pixar. It's really fascinating. It might be on Netflix actually. Yeah, that would be sweet to watch. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good, and the Brave Little Toaster is one of my favorite animated movies. Like I have such like vivid childhood memories of that movie. Seriously, uh, the uh, the song that sticks out to me is when they're in the junkyard and the electromagnets picking everything up, and it's like a really scary thing. But the music is so good, you're like, oh, this is like kind of exciting. And yeah. As a kid, that lessened the scariness of it because the music was so good i'm like this is really good music but it's like well, this is a scary electromagnet and just an amazing <laughs> movie to play with your uh emotions and tones yeah and using tones like that and mm-hmm. very much doesn't talk down to children which is a hallmark of pixar i feel yeah like, you know yeah. very much kid movies but also very respectful of a child you yes know? Like, yeah you know not just kind of loud and obnoxious for two hours yeah has something to say about things kids deal with if yeah. you really think about like where you were as a kid like you totally remember that yeah, yeah. because correct me if i'm wrong but isn't the premise of uh brave little toaster was uh like the kid had these old appliances and they're he moves and he's trying to get they're they're trying to get back to him yeah, yeah. and yeah. he's missing them as well yeah yeah kid, yeah that's a that's a huge thing for kids especially if you're moving and something gets left behind mm-hmm yeah yeah, or the Iron Giant, which I think really oh, kind of drives home that yeah. the sort of emotional shot to the heart that, uh, that Pixar is known for. Like, not only just, you know, finding friendship in kind of unlikely places. Um, I remember several friends I had where it was like, I didn't think I would end up friends with that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, we weren't Cold War kids by any stretch of the imagination, but really that fear and paranoia of the era, oh, yeah. it comes mm-hmm. through beautifully in that movie that movie's yeah. incredible yes so, no pun intended yeah no he, uh, oh yes yeah. since he is the director of the incredibles <laughs> yes that's true so uh, those are the two i wanted to touch on before we got into pixar proper no no thank you mm-hmm. it's good history so the first feature film that they took on was toy story so um nick i'll let you kind of kick it off impressions thoughts well, okay, so I say Toy Story has a special place in my heart because I remember vividly going to see it for the first time with my mom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't remember how old I was. I must have been in elementary school. When did that movie come 95? out? 95. 95, yeah. yeah. I was uh, in elementary school. I guess that would put me at like se- second or third grade. Uh, and so I really, I loved the movie that age. Uh you know, because I really related with Andy, I suppose. Uh, yeah. He, uh, he has a younger sister mm-hmm. in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, but she's clearly too young to play with. Yeah. You know? And so Andy has this great imagination. He's playing with his toys. Uh, and I'll, I'll touch back on that when we talk about Toy Story 3. Yeah. But uh, I love seeing him play with his toys. And uh, 
because that's what I did, especially being an only child. I just had toys uh, playing with them, and you had these. I had these vivid, imaginary, you know, battles between Legos and you know, uh, like stuffed animals. Like a stuffed animal is a monster, and the Legos are fighting mm-hmm. against them. And so I loved that that opening scene of seeing some other kid's imagination and yeah. being like, "Hey, that's like me." Yeah, I'm like that. And then seeing the toys come alive was mm-hmm. awesome. I and I well, I'm just getting chills thinking about it because it, it still affects me as an adult yeah. as well. So absolutely loved it. Had no expectations going into it because I'm in elementary school. I'm like, yeah. oh, cool to 3D. I can't wait to yeah. see it. Uh, and yeah, just vivid memories mm-hmm. of that movie. Yeah. Good stuff, MJ. Um, yeah, I uh, I totally agree. That opening scene is still amazing with the, <laughs> like him in the old West Town and oh, like yeah. uh, Potato Head is One Eyed Pete or One Eyed One Eyed Bart One Eyed Bart One Eyed Bart Money Money Money. money. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's one of my favorite Pixar scenes of all time. Um, and I remember I remember vividly seeing that movie on VHS when it came out while and my mom used it as the babysitter while she got Christmas decorating done. Oh. And they rented it from Video City. Oh. And they they used that as the babysitter and I watched that movie three times in the two days we had it. Wow. <laughs> yep. And I remember um, and we didn't live this is a weird almost sad story. Uh we didn't live in a bad neighborhood. It became a bad neighborhood later on in my life, but at the time it wasn't that bad. But there were gunshots very close to our house. Oh my gosh! And oh. we had to. My mom made us hide in the hallway. And I remember being very annoyed that I had to pause Toy Story. Like, <laughs> I was, I was You're old like, enough on. to recognize that it was gunshots and that I should be afraid of them. But I remember the overwhelming thing just being like, "Why do I have to do this?" Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, and I always associate that movie with Christmas because it ends on Christmas, and my mom was Christmas decorating while that movie was playing. So Mm -hmm. even though it's not a Christmas movie, I associate it with Christmas. Yeah, that's good. Um, Yeah, I think think for me, um, I ended up going to see it in theaters and just, you know, like you said, Nick, it's like I'm a kid, so I don't really have, like, expectations. But I just remember being, like, so kind of, like, captured by like oh like woody and buzz and just like the concept of like you know your toys come to life because you know it's like it's one of those things where you're like oh does that really happen or it doesn't and you know when you're a kid you know like your imagination runs wild and so i just thought that whole concept of like the toys come to life and then like you know you you come back into the room and then they all like hide or just like go limp or whatever and like right when you leave it's like they're all back up i just (laughs) thought that was so cool and um you know i Obviously, at the time, there was no way I could have expected, like, this franchise was going to kind of, like, age with me. And so mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like our age group, you know, kind of, like, people in their, like, mid to late 20s is, like, Pixar, like, hit the sweet spot for us. And so, you know, like, going to see Toy Story 2 and then later the third one, it was just kind of, like, we were just, like, right at that perfect age where we're, like, kind of aging with Andy. And so... Is this a really cool thing, or is like there's no way I could have ever like expected that or know like you know known that going mm-hmm. in to see that movie? But yeah, it's just great. And I mean, like, come on, it's like Tom Hanks is like Woody oh. and Tim gosh. Allen is, but I mean, it's just gosh, they're so good. It's like I love buddy cop movies, and it's just like gosh, it's just like <laughs> ah, so so good. So um, Tom Hanks, man, <laughs> just America's Big Brother. I know, so adorable and <sighs> lovely. 
I love that man so much. I know. And I even remember as a kid being aware of who Tom Hanks was um, mm-hmm. because of Forrest Gump was really big in my family. Yes. Yeah. And so I remember knowing that was Tom Hanks as the voice of uh, Woody. Woody. Yeah. Because I got introduced to like knowing who the voices of people were at a very early age mm. because of Aladdin. And oh, my right. dad was like obsessed with Robin Williams in that movie. And so he kept like shoving it in my head like, oh, that's Robin Williams, that's Robin Williams, that's Robin Williams. So I, like, I was very aware very early that like there were actors performing behind the voices. Yeah. And so I was very aware of Tom Hanks being in that movie and just being like, man, I really liked Forrest Gump. Yeah. But I love this Woody guy. Yeah. Like, he's so great. And then I obviously knew who Tim Allen was from Home Improvement, which yeah. I was the perfect age for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that was that voice cast is perfect. Oh, yeah. I know. Uh, it's, and when you listen to the voices as well, Tom Hanks kind of has that smoother voice. And Tim Allen is just so deep yeah. and uh, really sharp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which not only is pleasing to the ears, Mm-hmm. But it also really shows the differences in character between yeah, the two. Yeah, man, they just they just go so well together. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as much as we love Toy Story, we're we're trekking through this. So, <laughs> next, um, Pixar came out in 1998 with a film called A Bug's Life, and so MJ, I'll let you kick this one off. So much like how I associate Toy Story <laughs> with Christmas, this uh, in I. Whatever year it came out on VHS, I missed this one in theaters, was in my Easter basket Mm. that year. So I associate this movie with Easter very much. Um, And I think this might be one of the most underrated Pixar movies that's out there. I Mm -hmm. really like A Bug's Life. It's been years since I've seen it. Yeah. But I remember being... I remember that, like, really relating to Flick because he was kind of this guy in, in... a situation a, a little similar to ours in the town we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not a lot of creative pursuits yeah, uh, really no, for no. us here. Um, very, very blue collary. Yeah, and and that was kind of you know he's a worker ant and and I remember uh, you know I think now I'm putting it together, but I remember loving that his name was Flick because I loved movies and Flick is what a movie is called. Yeah. And I, so I remember like all that kind of going around in my head, but not really like putting that together as a kid. And I also remember being. That was the first villain I fell in love with. Oh, Hopper. 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 Yeah. Kevin Spacey yeah. as Hopper that, is That's so, Kevin Spacey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. He's so good in yeah. this movie. <laughs> and he makes it like that and the... I really like that and the, the like, ragtag group oh, that yeah. he ends up with, with, like, the ladybug and, and yeah. uh, the... Heimlich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's oh man, that's I really like a Bugs Life a lot. Mm-hmm. It's been years since I've seen that movie and I would like to revisit it yeah. to see if it holds up, but I remember really liking that and really like that was the first time I remember not necessarily rooting for a villain, but also like kind of understanding a villain mm-hmm. and just like really loving a villainous performance from someone. Yeah. Um, and like realizing like, oh, villains might have like a merit too. Like they, they can have understandable intentions, yeah. almost like a pre-Magneto for me, you yeah. know? <laughs> Kids version of Magneto. Is yeah. yeah. Um, for me, I feel like. I'm I'm kind of on similar pages with you. I really liked A Bug's Life. I feel like um, it's kind of the one that like people like forget about or they they like hush hush it. Like oh no, they didn't. I I remember as a kid, I was like, it's the Pixar movie that I wanted them to do a sequel to because mm-hmm. I really I really loved it. Um, 
it'd be interesting to go back now and like watch and see if it holds up. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I just really liked it. I just thought it was a fun adventure. Um, like you said, I felt like I could relate to Flick a lot. Just like, you know, because what that would have been like, I don't know, like I was 10, 11 ish, whatever. And so, you know, just kind of him feeling like, you know, people picked on him for this, like, you know, his his different ideas or his kind of like personality. And I feel like, you know, as a kid to like early teen, everyone goes through that. You can relate to that. So, yeah, and I just I just really like the movie. So, yeah, I, I just think it would be interesting to go back and be like, how how well does this hold up? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Let me read some of this voice cast to you. So you've got mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is Princess Ada. The, 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 the girl aunt? aunt? Yeah, yeah, the girl yes. aunt. Hayden Panettiere oh, is really? Dot. The little kid aunt. Really? Um, wow. Yeah, Richard Kind is Molt. Uh, Richard Kind is Bing Bong in Inside Out. Oh, I see. Yeah, oh, he yeah. plays Molt, the kind of like dopey grasshopper who's kind of <laughs> Kevin Spacey's right-hand man in that movie. Oh, yeah. Um, David Hyde Pierce is the, the stick bug slim in this movie. Oh, um dennis leary is the the ladybug which is just <laughs> absolutely brilliant that's such good casting um uh, uh bonnie hunt who's a pixar staple i feel like kind of because mm-hmm. she's in cars she's very prominent in cars she's in this um john ratzenberger obviously brad garrett who played the older brother on uh everybody loves raymond is mm-hmm. in this movie this movie had a way better cast yeah. than I remember it having. Yeah, now they're reading that, I'm like, what? Whoa. Yeah. And did you see John Lasseter himself was uh, blended one of the voice talents? Oh, really? Oh, the, uh, I want to say he was the mosquito that oh. flies <laughs> into the... Uh, I, I want to say that was uh, him. Uh, and it was, you know, it's funny that you say that it's one of the most underrated movies. Yeah. Um, so I actually ref- made it, quoted it the other day when we were driving and the sun's right in my eyes. And uh, my wife said, oh, don't look at that. I'm like, I can't help it. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it's interesting that this is one of the few movies that people kind of forget yeah. that uh, Pixar made. Uh, but it's really quality. Yeah. And is, am I right in saying that it was Toy Story, A Bug's Life, and then Toy Story 2? Mm-hmm. Is yes, that right? That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's probably correct. why it got forgotten. Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree. And I mean, that's a that's a nice segue into Toy Story 2. Um, actually, a little history behind this. This was going to be a direct-to-video film. Yeah. Really? Yes. And uh, kind of at like the last moment, Pixar decided... Um, to you know, have enough confidence to put it into theaters, and I bet they are glad that they did that. <laughs> yeah, they are absolutely because it killed at the box office. And man, I feel like it just took everything the original Toy Story had and just upped the ante. It's one of the few perfect sequels. Yeah, that I would. If someone asked me what is the perfect sequel, Toy Story two. Yeah, I just. I feel like it brought in new characters, but it wasn't, like, overcrowding them. It, like, gave us a different story that was similar to the first one, but it explored, like, you know, basically, like, inverse, like, Toy Story. And so we see, like, Woody with kind of his existential crisis, and Buzz is more of, like, the grounded toy of, like, hey, you're here for Andy. Mm -hmm. And just seeing, like, all of that growth and, you know, like, introducing a character like Jesse, and, Mm -hmm. you know, gosh, I always... I always think back to that scene, you know, like when she's 
whatever the her girl's name is and like there's a Sarah McLaughlin song mm-hmm. and like you know she gets dropped under the bed and mm, there's like, some sad puppies yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah gosh I I just remember um, you know just really loving that movie when it came out and Zerg you know just <laughs> <laughs> such a great villain yeah just how that movie starts off Rex is playing the game but you don't know and it's just like ah oh, that's so fun. See, that's another thing that they did that I that just makes it a perfect sequel to me is Toy Story 1 had an amazing opening uh, scene like we talked about. Yeah. Uh, Toy Story 2 it just kind of amps it up a little bit. You're like, whoa, what's this? What am I watching? Buzz Lightyear in action. Yeah. Awesome. But it's a video game. Yeah. It, it's so cool. Oh, man, it's so good. MJ, thoughts? Toy Story 2. I have only seen Toy Story 2 one time. Really? In theaters. And so it's been since 1999 <laughs> since I've seen this movie. I own it. I bought the like Andy's Toy Chest Blu-ray set when it came out. And mm-hmm. I have this movie and I haven't watched oh, it. No. Because I don't remember liking it that much. Really? But I feel like I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm almost positive I'm wrong. I feel like I you would think, like it. I think I got... I think what happened is in the movie theater, an ear infection set in. in oh. And mm. so I just kind of associate it with getting sick in a movie <laughs> oh, theater. <no. laughs> um, I don't remember being that interested in this movie. And it could be that I wasn't at that point in my life, but I feel like I would be now. Yeah. Because I hear some of the beats that the movie hits and it seems like, oh, this seems like right up my alley. And yeah. like, like you said, a perfect sequel. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems great, but I just never, I don't have great memories attached to it for whatever reason. Um, and I don't even know if that getting sick in the theater story is accurate. I just, remember <laughs> not, I just remember not having good memories attached to this movie for whatever reason. And like, the, like I remember the ending in the airport not really working for me mm-hmm. at all. I don't, I don't know. But I think I need to give it a second chance. I would agree with that. I feel like uh, it tends to be forgotten because it's like people think of like, oh, the original Toy Story and then like Toy Story 3 and we'll get to that. I feel like it's an awesome movie, but I feel like there's a little bit of nostalgia goggles going on with that. But Mm -hmm. I feel like Toy Story 2 is still a very solid entry into the franchise. Like I said earlier when we were doing our top five, I feel like I could make a case for any of them Mm -hmm. for it to be in a top five list. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about is that ending scene uh, in the airport. Uh, and I don't know if this is something you guys pay attention to very much, but I love music uh, in movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the soundtrack, a lot of the times, makes the movie for me. Yeah, uh, It's one of the top things I look for in a movie. And one of the things uh, that Randy Newman does in this movie is he has there's two light motifs or themes for Woody uh, and Buzz. Uh, yeah. Buzz's theme is heard in that opening scene yeah. uh, in the video game, and so like when he's flying down through the atmosphere of the of the planet, you hear his theme. When uh, you watch uh, Woody's roundup, yeah, you get Woody's theme. At the end, when uh, Buzz is riding uh, Bullseye. Bullseye, that's right. When Buzz is riding Bullseye and he, they're trying to catch up to the airplane, which doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't yeah. know how a toy yeah. can catch up to a, a jet, but yeah. that's besides the point. <laughs> There's this awesome moment where they combine the two themes musically. Hmm. Hmm. And it's... I One, it's... Again, I'm getting chills just thinking about <laughs> it. Uh, it's one of the coolest musical combinations that I think I've seen in a movie. 
or heard in a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I think it could be representative of the two characters finally being on the same page. Yeah. Where Woody's deciding, wait a minute, I don't want to go to Japan. And Buzz is like, wait a minute, I'm not going to give up on my buddy. Let's go save him. Yeah. And now they're on the same page. They're working together. And the music reflects that. And so it just gets me going every time I yeah. hear it. I think that's why I love the movie so much is just because of the music. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I am. So I'm not a music. I, I'm, I'm a huge music fan, but for whatever reason, it's so bottom of the list for me when I'm watching a movie. I don't know why it never registers really? to me. Yeah. Like it's people are like the music is great. And I'm like, I didn't notice it at all. <laughs> almost, like, almost universally, like with the exception of like a Star Wars, a Jaws or a Jurassic Park. Mm. I don't really notice the music in a lot of movies. <laughs> um, even uh, Bridge of Spies, which just came out and was mm-hmm. a, a Spielberg movie not composed by John Williams, I remember listening to like hear if I could hear a difference, and I don't remember the music oh. in that movie at all, so I don't know. I just don't hear music for whatever reason when I'm watching a movie. Well, uh, get used to it, MJ, because I'm going to be talking about it a lot. I think the reason that <laughs> my top five movies are my top five movies is because of the music, now that I think about it. Gosh, there once we get to The Incredibles. Uh, Ooh. That's, that's, that is a score I do. Ooh. Yes, okay. Um, so, progressing that way. Um, so, after Toy Story 2 and its massive success, um, in 2001, we got Monsters, Inc. Mm. So, Nick... Take it away. Monsters, Inc. Uh, okay, so I here's something that I feel like we need to talk <laughs> about. Pixar does an amazing job with their trailers. Mm. Where they, uh, you see a trailer, and this is just an issue that I have uh, with Pixar. It's a strange relationship where they'll show a trailer for a new movie, and it's this new story that you've never seen before, and you see the trailer, and you're just like, eh, I don't know. That doesn't that doesn't look like a movie that I want to see. Yes. Do you guys yeah. experience that? 100%. Yeah, and then you watch the movie, and you're just like, whoa, wait yes. a minute. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and yes. so I remember vividly, again, <laughs> Monsters, Inc. I was in high school, and everyone's talking about how great Monsters, Inc. is. And I'm just like, oh, dude, I don't know. I saw the trailer, and it looks so, like, I guess there's like a kid and monsters. Yeah, and it's like, nah. I guess we, okay, I forget it. I, I don't want to see it. And then you watch it, you're just like, wait a minute, this is a really clever idea. Yeah. And uh, I remember thinking that, watching the movie, like, this is, this is going to make me think about doors differently. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so uh, that's something that I love that Pixar does, is they make you think about things differently. So yeah. with Toy Story, they make you think about toys differently. Yep. Uh, and uh, Bugs Life, you know, Bugs, they have this whole deal that they have to mess with. And Monsters, Inc., now I have to think about imaginary monsters and yeah. doors differently. It's like, oh, is that closet? Yeah. The monster like- in my closet? Is that, like, into monster land? And they're not, like, trying to scare me because they're mean, but, like, that's how they make yeah, their living. City. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so it makes it... That's something that I love that Pixar does is they make you think about these normal things so differently yeah, uh, or normal ideas so differently. Uh, and uh, like Toy Story, like how hard it is, like, oh, you're trapped in the next door kid's uh, room. How do you get back yeah. next door? That doesn't seem like a hard thing to do for us, but for a toy, that would be huge. Yeah. And Monsters, Inc., you know, the secret life of monsters in the closet and yeah. the stuff that they have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, just an exceedingly clever movie. Uh, lot, I mean, oh my gosh. Who does the voice of Mike Wazowski? Billy Crystal. Billy mm-hmm. Crystal is just the perfect 
casting yeah. for that character because he's yelling and screaming the whole time, getting all worked up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like one of my favorites is when he's trying to make Boo laugh and he like sprays oh, yeah. uh, deodorant <laughs> in yeah. his one eye yeah. and he just like does it and like he takes him a second to react and he's just like, yeah, I'm yeah. not even going to try and do it. But I mean, he is one of those characters that just makes the movie for me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the ending scene with them going in between doors not only was it great action and they used the doors really creatively by like yeah. having a door on its side and then they jump in and then like gravity shifts and then they're like slammed mm-hmm. to the ground mm-hmm. because they jumped and then you know the gravity shift and very creative yeah. and what a great death i put that in quotes for a villain yeah just to put him in a door with some uh <laughs> rednecks in a swamp and they're like oh there's a gator let's yeah, let's hit it with a, right. with a, with a shovel and uh it's what a great ending yeah. to that movie and also the same trailer from a bug's life that the mosquito flies into you can see the bug zapper hanging out outside of the trailer oh my oh. we're gonna have to talk about that at some point yeah during yeah. this conversation uh, man about the pixar leading up to Oh uh, yeah, the, kind of, the, all the Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah. all Easter eggs. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, MJ, Monsters Inc. Thoughts? Monsters Inc. I think is the most perfectly casted Pixar movie, and mm. might be the most perfectly casted animated movie in the last twenty years. Like, mm-hmm. John Goodman, yes, is oh. uh, so good. Is like he's a national treasure anyway. Yeah. Yes, but <laughs> he's just so perfect yeah. as Sully. Like. The character model is so perfect for John. Like, yeah. how I think of John Goodman. <laughs> Billy Crystal is so, like, that character model is so perfect for how I think of Billy Crystal. <laughs> yeah. Randall is so perfect for how I think of Steve Buscemi. Like, yeah. <laughs> and such, like, I mean, such great performances from all three yeah. of those guys. Mm-hmm. Like, Randall's such a great, great villain. Great villain. Yeah. Just like a slimy guy. Yeah. And, oh, perfect. Uh, and just the way Buscemi plays that guy. Like, that's one of my favorite Buscemi performances of all time. <laughs> like, he's so good in this movie. I love this cast yeah. so much. Um, I think that's what makes the movie, I think, work so well. Is just... I, I think this is... I don't know. I think it might be my favorite acted um, Pixar movie. See, and it's I and I was gonna say like I love this movie too, but um, people listening they're probably gonna be like, "Well, Monsters Inc. was on nobody's uh, top five <laughs> <Yeah>. list." <laughs> yep, <laughs> nothing against the movie, but there's just so many other good movies. I know, That's yeah, the problem. I know. It's, uh, man. Yeah. Uh, depending on what day you catch me on. Mm-hmm. So, um, moving on from Monsters Inc. In 2003, we got Finding Nemo, and. Man, let's talk about um, Pixar. They're they're just great at giving you those scenes that are just kind of like gut punches of emotion. Mm. And the start of Finding Nemo is just like, man, I was not expecting that the first time I went to go see that movie. It's just like, what? Wow, gosh, that is horrible. Just like the shark and everything with Marlin. And so I I really love Finding Nemo. I think uh, just... The voice acting, the performances are great in this movie. I I just kind of... I've always kind of, like, liked Australia. It's one of those places where I'm like, oh, I'd love to go. And so mm. just kind of, like, the whole aesthetic when they're traveling over to Australia. I really like that. Um, I do really like this movie, but um, 
you know, for me personally, I feel like there's other Pixar films that I just like a little bit better. And that's that's not a knock on Finding Nemo. I think it's a great film. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the sequel coming out. I mean, they released the trailer for Finding Dory. Um, mm, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that either. Yeah, I watch it. I mean, it looks, it looks good. It looks interesting. So yeah, uh, Nick, thoughts? Finding Nemo. Okay, so I feel like Finding Nemo is... They kind of played around with it in Monsters, Inc. Mm-hmm. With that emotion stuff. Because uh, Sully has to say goodbye to Boo. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so that's that's sad. And uh, Well, and even Toy Story 2 with Jesse's song. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, so there's a little bit of... They're, they're starting to play with your emotions. And I feel like this was almost them... You know, maybe they're just like kind of putting their pinky in the water here. But this one, they put the whole foot in. <laughs> yeah. They just want to play with your emotions here. And uh, just the shock of seeing uh, Marlon's wife die. Yeah. And all of the kids except for one. Yeah. Really builds so much character mm-hmm. in the first, again, opening scene. And you're just like, wait a minute. I thought this was a kid's movie. Yeah. Uh, but it's good because it's like something that helps you understand like why Marlon is how he is. You know, yes. not just like, oh, he's just an overprotective, crazy guy. No, you know? no. Yeah. Because if you didn't have that opening scene, Marlon would just seem like this really overbearing bearing parent. Yeah. But yeah. no, it's like Nemo's all he's got. Yeah. yeah. Which is huge. Uh, and I think if we're going to talk about Finding Nemo, we need to talk about my favorite character in that movie, Gil. <laughs> the, the, the leader of the aquarium fish. Oh, yeah. Voiced by Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Yes. That's right. And his he's so... Has this menacing voice. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the situation that they're in <laughs> is so funny because they're just trying to escape the aquarium. <laughs> and he's, like, all torn up in, you know, this really scary-looking yeah. fish. And if he, But he's like an angel fish. Yeah. So he's not, like, a shark or something scary. <laughs> is he the one with the scars? Yeah. 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 The scars going, like, down his face. <laughs> Uh, and it's almost like a, uh, I love the scenes where it's like a, uh, like a heist movie yeah. or like a prison breakout movie. And yeah, like, like okay, risky. here's what we're going to do. We're going to put the rock in yeah, the, the and gear you go, you go up and then there. you're going to jump in there and then you're going to, you know, go through this thing. Yeah. And then we're going to get out cause that'll make everything moldy. And <laughs> it's just so, uh, again, just like the secret life of fish, yeah. of aquarium fish. Yeah. And you don't think about your aquarium fish no. the same ever again. <laughs> uh, one of the issues that I have with this movie, though, uh, and this is something that I really pay, pay close attention to because I uh, do a lot of animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, just on my free time, I like to make uh, movies. Uh, I really love animation theory, looking into that stuff. And one of the things I noticed in this movie that I didn't quite like was this kind of strange color aura around uh, Marlin and Dory when mm. they're in open water. And I oh, yeah. I get that because like it's the light hitting them and maybe diffusing off of them. But it looks just kind of weird. And so it's those scenes that I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I... It kind of takes me out for a minute because it reminds me that I'm watching a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, the movie's great. Yeah. MJ. Um, to that point, I would say that for that, it makes up in spades in water effects. Oh, yeah. Gosh, that was the yeah. first time I remember seeing water rendered so beautifully in anything and just being like, I didn't know they could do this. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like they don't bring a lot of attention to it either. No, they don't. Uh, one of the biggest scenes with water effects is when uh, the boat drives away and Marlon comes up and it, they almost... 
it's a joke because he like has to hold his breath to go out of water. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like looking in the water and like oh, he, yeah, and he looks shiny yep. because of the water. And that's amazing animation. Yeah. It's yeah. you really see the technology progression from you know Monsters Inc. with Sully's hair. Mm-hmm. If yeah. that's you know the big technology thing in Monsters Inc., this one is water effects absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. and they always have kind of one of those mm-hmm. in each one of their movies. Um, I know I remember seeing like a special feature on Monsters Inc. where before if you wanted a hairy creature you had to animate each hair by hand mm-hmm. but they were able to code it to where you they there were patches so you could and you could animate the patches one mm. at a time Interesting. so it, it helped save them time um but finding nemo i think is um you guys i think will get this finding nemo is the settlers of Catan of pixar movies i think it's a great movie uh it's just that I've been so ingrained in Pixar that I would rather watch something else at this point. Interesting. And <laughs> I think Settlers of Catan is a great game. Yeah. And, like, I have great respect for that game, and it was the first kind of boutique board game I ever owned. Yeah. And I've played a lot of uh, a lot of Settlers of Catan, and yep. I'm for sure down, like, if people want to play. Uh, yeah. But sometimes I'd rather, like, introduce them to something else. Yeah. In, in that line. It's the greatest selling DVD of all time, Finding Me. Wow. Yep. Biggest selling DVD of all time. Biggest selling uh, one week DVD sales of all time. Wow. Yep. I don't have numbers for you, but right. yep. That's that's how I feel. Like I no, I like Finding Nemo quite a bit. Yeah, it's but, a great movie. But I just feel like there are other Pixar movies I would rather watch in front of it. And mm. I like Settlers mm-hmm. of Catan quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. But there are other games I would rather play in front of it. No, that that is that is a good summation. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel about my feelings for Finding Nemo. It is a great film, but yeah might want to, like, have a different entry point for somebody else with, like, oh, Pixar. Well, I, I would actually say that's the best entry point, mm-hmm. is Finding Nemo. One of the best entry points. That or Toy Story. Yeah. You get the emotional uh, yeah. punch at the beginning mm-hmm. and uh, just the way that they do characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think Catan is one of the best entry points for someone who's, But like, then, like, after, yeah. you're like, oh, I'd rather go maybe watch another Pixar film. Yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of another Pixar film... <laughs> um, Gosh, coming to one of my favorite ones. The Incredibles. Ooh. Gosh, Brad Bird. You're amazing. Um, <laughs> Is this the uh, first Brad Bird mm-hmm. Pixar movie? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. MJ, take it away. Uh, I really, really like this movie a lot. Yes. <laughs> um, just that, like, like kind of Watchmen for Kids vibe that it has, where it's yeah. like... It's like aging superheroes that kind of aren't as good mm-hmm. as they used to be, and they've been outlawed. Yeah, um, you know as well. But now they got it. There's this new threat that they have to, and like the origin of the threat was within the community. Yes. Yeah, is so brilliant. Yes. Oh man, it's yeah. such a good take on superheroes. Um, and I think, I think just gets more relevant the longer we make superhero movies. Yeah. Um, and I think you guys will take it away later on this, but that score is bananas good yes like, it's so, it's dynamite michael, michael giacchino man oh yeah oh, he Gosh. nails that movie oh. so hard yeah that in credits theme oh. is so yeah good. that's some that's some get stuff done well, music. yeah <laughs> on the cd it's called the in credits really like i mm-hmm. in credits that's the song music, so it's the end credits but in credits oh <laughs> got it got it that's awesome. Oh. Uh, but you really, uh, the song on the uh, score, the Glory Days, 
Yeah. For that whole opening. Mm. I, can you call it opening scene? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the past, yeah. it's a bit of an extended opening scene, maybe yeah. like 15 minutes mm-hmm. or so. But really hits on all the superhero tropes. Yeah. You know, the, the cool car, the uh, saving a cat out of a tree. Uh, but then it takes a really dark turn with yeah. the, uh, the newspaper reels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that villain is also great. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's such a cool idea for a villain and like such a cool origin story of like uh-huh. oh one of these guys was a jerk to me one time you know yeah. so I'm, I'm just like crazy uh like this megalomaniac now um yeah man it it's so good i mean like you're we're sitting here talking about i can like hear the the themes in my head mm-hmm. right now it's like gosh this is such good music and it just it fits it so well i feel like the incredibles it's an awesome superhero movie, and like you know, some people are like, "Oh, it's just a really good superhero movie," but it it does it touches on so many beats that like there's at times I want to say I feel like it's one of the best superhero films mm-hmm. that we have, you know, animated or live, and you know, just that we get to see like the humanity behind the characters, and yeah, you kind of have that kind of you know lesser like kind of watchmen feel of like you know superheroes are outlawed mm-hmm. but you know they're really trying to help people and you get to kind of see the like the struggle of like you know mr incredible trying to deal with that because he's like i do want to do good but you know like, i can't and just kind of like him having the whole kind of pseudo midlife crisis and like how his family ties into it but then you get to see like you know his wife like you know she was a superhero too and you get to kind of see her like step back into that and like the kids kind of step into like who they are like you know kind of a little bit of coming of age it's just so many good things so many good things in that movie absolutely um one of my favorite characters in that movie is uh lucius uh frozone <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. uh in my super suit where's my super suit oh one of the Why best you need one? to know <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am the greatest good you ever. <laughs> Such a good scene. Uh, uh, so I I feel like uh, so this movie is on all of our top fives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a specific reason why it's on the bottom of my top five, mm-hmm. uh, and there's one scene that I have to look away from because it irks me so much, and I feel like it's so unPixar uh, the way that they did this. And I if the if this scene had been deleted out, and it's only like five seconds. That it's in here, but it it just takes again takes me out of the movie so mm-hmm. much, uh, and it's when uh, Mister Incredible is running through the jungle to like find the robot uh, initially, and there's one part where he slides down a hill, mm-hmm. and you can see the hill. It's like not really animated very well. It's just like it looks like there's a jungle texture put on the mm-hmm. hill, oh. and it's like he's going down a jungle textured slide oh there's no dirt there's no leaves there's no sticks uh and that's the only part you see in the movie where it's like oh this is like very sub pixar animation oh uh and when i see that i'm just like oh that is not what i was expecting you to say because you mentioned that before we started recording i thought it was going to be either um the kind of brutal death at the end. Oh, of Syndrome getting yeah. sucked into the jet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, like, that sits real weird with me. Or the, like, the not-so-subtle sex joke in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you married Elastigirl and got busy. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought it was going to be one of those two things. Because those things, like, kind of sit weird with me. 
Um, not super, <laughs> yeah, super bad. But that was that is not where I thought you were going to go with. That. Uh, and I uh, I actually don't mind those two parts because I feel like it ties in the whole cape. Uh, idea of mm. you don't wear capes because they mm. kill you. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Edna Mode, who yes. again one of the best characters I think of yeah. Pixar, <laughs> voiced by Brad Bird. Are you serious? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Unbelievable. Wow. Uh, wow, this blew my mind for a second. Brad Bird, you just amaze us uh, in so many ways. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I didn't mind those parts. Uh, I didn't mind the death, even though it's. Now that you mentioned it, kind of gruesome, uh, but it's because he is doing the superhero faux pas of having a cape. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mind the sex joke so much because, well, one, they're married, well, yeah, uh, yeah. and two, the way he says it is kind of funny. It is, <laughs> it is kind of funny. Uh, as they're like sitting there frozen, like into their eyes. <laughs> oh my goodness! Ah, so much good stuff. So, thanks for sticking with us. We're gonna try to. Keep going, moving through these. There's so many. Yeah. This may have been a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're committed, man. We're we are committed. We are committed. Can't stop. So Can't stop. Long podcast. Thanks yeah. for staying with us. Okay, so next is 2006. Pixar gave us Cars. Mm. I'm, I'm going to kind of sit this one out because I don't have a ton of stuff. I mean, like, it's fine. Um, but, yeah, I'll just let you guys talk about it. <clears throat> MJ. Um, so this movie... I was in high school, and my friend Brooke had just gotten her driver's license, and she was like, let's go hang out. It's Friday night. We're in high school. I have a job. Like, um, she she was working for her dad at the time, and she was like, let's go to the movies. And I remember we were going to go see, I believe, Nacho Libre. Yes. And Nacho Libre was sold out. Oh. And so we had said, uh... Okay, well, uh, if Nacho Libre sold out, we'll go see Cars. And I was like, I d- can we just go get something to eat? Like, I do not want to see Cars at all. Like, those trailers look terrible. Like, yeah. I, it does not look like I'm going to be into this movie whatsoever. And she was like, no, I want to see Cars. Like, I'm, I, like, I grew up, my dad's into Cars, so I like Cars. Okay. So we go see Cars an hour and a half later, my life was kind of changed. Like, that was the first time I remember being like, oh, Pixar. Like, Pixar has been such this constant, solid presence throughout my life. Yeah. That uh, I just have taken for granted. Um, it's a really, really good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really good fish out of water story mm-hmm. that I think doesn't get enough credit. Um mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's very silly, but I like the silliness of it all. Uh, you know, um, Mater's a very broad character that like <laughs> is very funny for kids, but I like that. Like, I, it feels very kid friendly. You know, I would have been into Mater when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and you also have that kind of theme of all things must pass. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, this was this kind of boomtown of the Route 66 era, and you also have the Paul Newman character. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, who, yeah. Uh, Doc Hudson. Doc yeah. Hudson, who was just, like, the king of the racetrack at, at a point in his life, and which is, you know, kind of Lightning McQueen status now, and it's just kind of, it serves as this perfect foil to Lightning, where he's just, like, this hot shot, and Doc Hudson's just like, yeah, I, I used to be you, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, this is what awaits you, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's It's really solid thematically, I think. 
that's one of the things I love about Cars is the character development of Lightning McQueen, mm-hmm. who starts off as this hotshot. He's the best. Yeah. Uh, his uh, hubris a little bit leads. <laughs> you see that in the first scene, yeah. where he blows out all of his tires because he refuses to go in yeah. front of pit stop, yeah. uh, and he wins by just sticking his tongue out, which. I always thought it was kind of silly. Why does this car have a tongue? Yeah. Uh, but again, uh, this is one of the things that Pixar does best is mm-hmm. taking an idea. It's like, what if cars were people? What would the mm-hmm. world look like? Yeah. Uh, and there's so many little details in the movie that you see. Like, instead of airplane trails in the sky, you see tire tracks. Uh, I've never noticed that. Yeah, you see tire tracks in the sky. Uh, really? Wow. Yeah. In, uh, <laughs> awesome. in uh, oh my gosh, the valley that they drive through. Uh, Ornament Valley. Mm. Uh, it's like car ornaments. And you see mm. the front of cars. Like, oh. instead of, like, mm. a valley, you see the front of cars. That's the way that they, the, their valleys look like. Uh, and just the issues that cars deal with. It's like, oh, highways are super important, and how do you turn on dirt? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but So I love all of that stuff. I think it's just, again, super clever. But the thing I love most is the character development of Lightning McQueen. And you talked a lot about this with Doc Hudson saying, look, this your life, you're going for this piston cup? Yeah. It's, and he says this, you know what? It's just a cup. Mm. It's just a cup. I, I, I think I'm quoting that wrong, but... Uh, it's just a cup, and you really see Lightning McQueen's priorities change throughout the course of the movie, yes. and that's mm-hmm. my favorite part, and yes. I think it's one of the best character development stories out there. And uh, I love stories where the character learns a skill he doesn't think is important, like, why do I need to learn how to turn on dirt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Drive <laughs> backwards? Yeah. Yeah, or drive backwards. Uh, yeah, and so Mater, I think, uh, as goofy as he is, is really important for Lightning McQueen's character development because mm-hmm. he learns to appreciate... The small things in life, like driving backwards or uh, tipping tractors, which is hilarious. Oh, man. That's a great scene. Yeah. That's a great scene. Uh, So I think uh, I'm just seeing it. It's one of the first Pixar movies that got not the best score on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, uh, It was in the sevens, I want to say. Uh, yeah, seventy four percent. So people don't like it as much. And I personally, I can't understand why. Yeah. I but agree. that's and my I, opinion. I really like what you brought up about Mater like being like appreciative of the simple things in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like people, um, you know, uh, and that choice of having Larry the Cable Guy play him is very important to that. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a guy who gets he's his reputation precedes him <laughs> yes. very much. Very yeah. much. Um, but I think you know it, it's something I go back and forth with uh, being um, you know just kind of having the hobby I have. Um, doing this and, and, you know, when people are like, oh, yeah, that new Larry the Cable Guy thing is great. It's like, well, no. But then at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, it's like, well, these are people who haven't made their life about this. You know, these are people who work nine to five and they just want to be entertained at the end of the day. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah. there's, like movies aren't just one thing. No, mm-hmm. you know, and and so it's like all it's so selfish of me to kind of fit that in a box uh, that I, you know, I've made a hobby out yeah. of fitting stuff <laughs> into that box. Um, so you know, it's not for me, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's not for someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's an important lesson to learn from that character. Yes, yeah, uh, and I think you see this the best in the last scene with uh, the king and then Chick Hicks. The, the rival car. Oh, yeah. Uh, and where Chick Hicks hasn't changed at all yeah. over the course of the movie. And in fact, he's starting to pick up Lightning McQueen's old habits right. mm-hmm. of having a 
catchphrase. And Did you like, get? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and it's just awful. Uh, and it's especially awful because you see this journey that Lightning McQueen has taken. And he's a different personality. He His priorities are different. And Chick hasn't changed at all. Mm-hmm. And in the climax where the king gets wrecked, uh, Lightning McQueen could have won the race. He's in first place. He could have won. And he just hits the brakes, goes back, and pushes him across the finish yeah. line. So he's won. He could have won the race. But he, you really just see where his priorities are mm-hmm. now. And to me, that last scene makes the whole... It's just the bow on this movie. And it's the perfect ending, mm-hmm. uh, I think, to... It might be one of the best uh, endings to a lot of Pixar movies. Mm. Um, or out of the Pixar movies, I should say. Uh, and again, I just don't understand why people give this movie so much uh, flack. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And this movie uh, was in my top five. I don't think it was in any of your nope. top five. Nope. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I like it. Um, I think all the stuff that you guys said has, like, reminded me, because, I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it, it's just not a personal favorite of mine. <clears throat> I respect that. <laughs> it's like a controversial here. Yeah, we are. We are controversial. <laughs> So moving on, we are. This is this is the halfway point. Gosh. About, oh my oh, goodness! Are you serious? Yeah, you're gonna have to cut the beginning. <laughs> you're gonna have to just cut the what we watched. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're coming up halfway. Um, we're Ratatouille. Um, so Nick, why don't you kick us off on this one? I this is in your top five. This yes. is my top yes. one. Oh yeah, yes. this is my top one. So I want to hear about okay. this. Okay, so here, I need to explain why. This is the top things that I look for in a movie. Mm-hmm. I look for animation, I look for music, and I look for story. Yeah. Uh, the animation of, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Emil. No, yeah. that, no, that's the, what, what is the main character's name? Oh gosh. Oh no. We do know this. I know his brother's name is Emil. We do watch movies. Uh, we Remy the Rat. Remy, yes, yes. yes. Remy. Oh my okay. gosh, I just completely <laughs> forgot. Uh, it's tough because there's not a lot of people talking to him. He's usually just called Little Chef. Yeah. Uh, which I guess that's why the name didn't stick out. But anyways, so I feel like the animation of Remy running and he's doing the kind of wiggle. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Is just amazing animation. Uh, the way they captured the way a rat runs is incredible. Here, the way uh, Gaston, as his mm-hmm. fat ghost, is like kind of you know wobbling around yeah. and kind of he looks life he looks uh, lightweight, but the way he moves still shows the way that he would move as yeah. you know this huge chef. Uh, and so I love the animation, uh, the way that when they're like cooking the food and like flipping it up, it looks all so good. Uh, and I think this is one of those movies where. The way it looks just makes you hungry. Yeah. You can't watch Ratatouille without being hungry. <laughs> uh, the second thing I look for in a movie is music. And the music in this movie, it just screams, you know, Paris. Yeah. And just that kind of, that you know, the stereotypical thing that you think about Paris. And uh, the end credits music is also just so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when he's uh, cooking and there's just... The tempo and the way that they they do stuff and there's little, uh, oh gosh, I forget the term, but little accents to the music when he's like throwing in salt yeah. and things. And I just love that. It makes the whole thing come alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last thing again is story. I love the story of 
and kind of the main main idea, which you could apply to a lot of different stuff. When Gesto says anyone could cook, uh, and then um, who is the villain? The critic. The, the critic. What's his oh, name? Um, uh, gosh, I forget. Uh, ego. His name ego. is Ego. I oh, remember. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Ego. Uh, I love that he's kind of one. He's one of the villains, uh, but he's a very neutral. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a, he's a neutral uh, villain who just he loves food and he's never met with that uh, expectation and so and you even get his backstory when yeah. he eats yeah uh, that scene gives me chills every time you see why he's so like you know people are like oh he's just this food critic that's super hard about everything and like he hates it but you mm-hmm. see like you know. The, his experience of like yeah. why he loves food so much, and you know he bumps his leg, and his mom makes him this delicious stuff, and he eats it, and it's and I think that hits me a lot uh, when you know you eat one of your favorite foods, and it reminds you of something mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Uh, apple pie does it for me because it reminds me of my grandma, and she makes still to this day the best apple pies <laughs> that I've ever had in my life. And when I get a good apple pie, I'm just like. Isn't just like grandma used to make, and yeah. so you can see that with ego just in that split second flashback. Yeah. Uh, also, I just love his character of his office. I don't know if you guys noticed, is it shaped like a coffin when it no, does I that? Know. The top down <laughs> view of his assistant running in to tell him that Gesto uh, got these crazy good reviews, uh, it's shaped like a coffin, oh. and his office kind of looks like there's a big organ so he just like like the and he's like this very vampire like character yeah uh and so the the story the characters i just i love it and how remy has these two forces going against him and he's a, a rat who has no place cooking yeah. Yeah. uh but going back to one of the things i wanted to say was uh the main point of the movie that said where gasto says anyone can cook and then ego adds on to that where it's true uh, anyone can cook, uh, but he's not saying that everyone should cook. He's saying mm-hmm. a great cook can come from anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's a great thing. Uh, it's a great moral of the story, I suppose, mm-hmm. where if you want to do something and you're good at it, you shouldn't look at your background. Uh, you should see, you know, anyone can do this. And um, I, I want to do that. And I think that's just a really cool motivating thing for me personally. Uh, but that's why this movie is my top one spot. It's just all these things come together, and I wouldn't change anything about this movie at all. Not to mention the cleverness of controlling a person like a puppet by pulling <laughs> hair <laughs> is so cool. Uh, so that's what I have to say about Ratatouille being in my top one spot. I have nothing else to say. Yeah, I feel like I want to go watch the movie. You <laughs> completely made a case for me to go see the movie again. Because yeah. I did not like it that much. It was in kind of my bottom Pixar movies, but I cannot articulate why after that. <laughs> yeah, it's like... I mean... Uh, wow, yeah. We just got schooled. Well, again, uh, people <laughs> often think like you guys, and uh, then I have to say, oh, it's like one of my favorite ones, and they're like, why? I'm like, well, let me tell you why. And yeah. so I've come up with this argument over years yeah. of opposition. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Wow. So. <laughs> yeah, just moving on. Yeah, yeah. sorry for uh, there's, there's taking up all the slots. No, 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 that's okay. So moving on um, to the... What some might call the uh, sleeper hit of 2008 is Wally, mm. and if some of you guys recall at the beginning of this podcast, which seems maybe so long ago, I put this in my top five. I think I put it as number two. Um, 
That's my number two as well. And I guess kind of my my defense of it, my take, whatever you want to say, is I feel like Wally is one of, if not Pixar's most ambitious film to date. And when I say ambitious, I mean with all the stuff that had come before it, it could have been very easy for them to put out a sequel to something, to do something in a very similar formula formula that had already worked. And Wally is a complete departure from that. Now mm-hmm. I, I know some people were like, oh it's environmental propaganda. <laughs> oh it's like whatever. It's like, no it's not. It's it's, <laughs> it's like, come on, that's in there for like 10 minutes of the movie really it's like yeah we gotta get the plant but (laughs) just what they're able to achieve in like giving wally and eve or eva like personalities just through sounds and how like the gosh the first like half of that movie where there's like no talking it it, it's a work of art Mm -hmm. it's just like oh my gosh you just see like uh, uh the it's just so good. You see all these shots of like how the earth is and just how Wally is kind of like, he's learning about humanity and you, you kind of see he's watching these clips from Hello Dolly. And it's just, it's so amazing. His interactions with, with Eve once she comes there and then she kind of shuts off after like she's getting the plant and you kind of see him like take her around and just like kind of the whole concept of love is described in this nonverbal way. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... The, the latter half of the movie is, like, you know, some people have problems with it. I, I mean, I, I can understand why, but I still think, like, that's not the central focus of the film. No. And so you can, I, I tend to be able, able to, like, overlook it. Like, oh, yeah, he inadvertently does help to kind of save humanity. And, yeah, it's a cautionary tale and whatever. But it's, man, it's just such a great, it's such a great film. And I've watched the behind the scenes of like how they do all the sounds and the guy mm. who did that. And it's Ben Burt. Yeah. He's it, a beast. Oh, gosh, <laughs> he's amazing. It's so good. Like I would, I would challenge you if you have, you know, cause a lot of people like wrote this film off cause it's like, Oh, there's no dialogue and it's so weird and whatever. Go back and watch it and just see how much character is in like some of the different, like set ways he moves. And when he does stuff, when he beeps, it's, oh, it's so good. MJ. Um, Keep the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, first off, uh, real people in a Pixar movie, which is a very bold choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And it works seamlessly. Like, yeah. I, had, yeah. I remember reading that there were there were shots of like live action stuff, and I was like, I don't know about this, but it works so seamlessly, especially showing kind of like where we came from versus how we ended up. Of, yeah. Like you know, we were this like grounded in reality type of person and now we're the like a kind of obese cartoon character. Yeah. Like that sort of subtext is very <laughs> like almost ham fisted but in, in not in a bad way. Like yeah. it, it very much gets the point across very straightly. Yeah. And as far as uh it be being environmental propaganda, <laughs> I don't think it's uh like hug a tree. It's just like be a good steward of what you yeah, have. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it, maybe do not be so wasteful. Yeah. Maybe that's a terrible <laughs> idea. You know, like, I, I think that uh, we're quick to call a lot of uh, a lot of environmental stuff. Uh, like, oh, it's propaganda. And it's like, yeah. mm, maybe we should take care of where we live a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, such... Oh, such a great opening 20, oh, 30 yeah, minutes, man. Yeah. Oh, Wally's 
the sound choices, like giving him the like the old Apple startup noise when yeah. he like charges, <laughs> yeah. and just like bringing in the people who designed the iPod to design Eve, yeah. and um, you know, making her very like sleek and making him very like utilitarian. Mm-hmm. It's such a like such a great contrast and space dance. Yeah. The space dance where oh. she's like in space and he's got the fire extinguisher is just one of the most gorgeous pieces of animation mm, I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the and then when he like it's like real scary when he ends up in the trash compactor with the big wall R's that yeah. are in there. Like that's a really intense scene. Um, and then you get the like like Mo, the little cleaner guy, yeah. he's like the little OCD guy. Yeah, he's like, great. And the scene with the like defective robots that are going all crazy, and he mm-hmm. like busts them out is really fun. It's such a great, great movie. I'm a sucker for uh, silent sequences in movies. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen a movie called Nine? Uh, it was. It's weird because it came out the same year as another movie called Nine. Uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So one of them was the number nine, and one of them was N I N E. Oh, I see. And so nine, the number was. Um, it's a it Tim had, Burton film, right? Uh, Tim Burton produced it. Timur Bekmambetov directed it. Um, who directed uh, Wanted and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> But Nine is this animated movie about these kind of like sackcloth Yeah, uh, yeah. I things. remember right. seeing I stuff remember. about that. See the trailers for that. It's got a silent 25-minute opening. Mm. And the original idea was for the entire movie to be silent. And uh, the studio was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we won't let you get away with that at all. Yeah. Um, but that scene, that opening scene is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sequence in, in Wally is just amazing. So I think silence plus animation can be a very powerful tool. Absolutely. Because I think animation is very universal in that it allows you to kind of cross barriers because you can put um, you can put things that don't exist on screen. So mm-hmm. everyone starts off on the same base level, you know? Right. Here in America, we have about as much experience with interacting with Wally as someone in Japan or China or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. So we're all starting on the same plane with these characters who don't exist and like we don't have any concept for outside of the reality the movie is building. And so to just put that in silence really drives that point across where like it's a completely universal thing. Yeah. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there's a reason why silent films are physical comedy because silent because physical comedy is universal you know yeah. you see uh buster keaton have the house fall on him you everyone knows what that looks like you know? there's no one perceives that differently mm-hmm. um the way like a language barrier would be mm-hmm. and so i think wally really it, it provides a really good um subtextual reference as well where it's just like we're all the same you yeah. know because the end of the movie is very like you know, humanity's got to come back. And the only way humanity is going to come back is if we unite together against yes. this. Yeah. So I, I think I think it's a uh, such a good movie. I love Wally. And to speak on that, uh, people usually don't like silence in a movie. I think being able to tell a story without dialogue mm-hmm. is really a lost art. Yeah. Uh, people, you know, it's like, oh, I have to say that I love you, but you can do that through action. Yeah. And uh, like you were saying, seeing uh, his relationship with. Eve, uh, yeah. the the relationship between Eve and Wally with no uh, talking is yeah. incredible. Yes, and it's just Pixar's. I mean, they're really just kind of showing their guns a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like, look what we can do story wise. Yeah, 
That was my favorite part of the movie. Was the, I kind of oh, wished yeah. the whole thing was like that. And I was almost disappointed when dialogue started happening. And I'm like, oh, but yeah, darn. You, know, you know they couldn't probably sure, get away sure. with yeah, doing no that. But no yeah, so um, great film. I feel like it's underrated. Um, next is up. Both are number ones. Yes. Um, where to start? MJ, do you want to start this one? Oh, gosh, man. Um, <laughs> Emotional I... gut punch. Saw this movie at two in the afternoon. Once again, a trailer, no interest. Yeah. No interest in that trailer yeah, not whatsoever. A, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. None. Uh, and then the reviews started pouring. In. Yeah. Ten out of ten. Ninety some percent. You have to go see this. You movie. have to go see this. So emotional and like, just like this opening sequence is like, gosh, so crazy. And I was like, what? What are you talking? <laughs> like the balloon movie? What do you mean? <laughs> talking about what is it on Rotten Tomatoes uh, 98% yeah 98% on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. I was like what is this movie man I went to go see this movie at 2 in the afternoon uh, with two other grown men <laughs> cut to just like it was sold out and uh, it was just like family three giants family <laughs> and uh, uh, to give you it was Patrick Penderell and Ryan Beale. oh okay <laughs> um, smash cut 20 minutes into the movie to just like I hope these guys aren't looking yeah. at me right now <laughs> they're probably thinking the same yeah thing exactly too. trying exactly. to silent wipe like yeah. uh, oh, oh there's so- something in my eye uh, that, I mean gosh. one of if Wally is a great love story this is I mean one for the books man yeah. like, this love yeah. story in the first 20 minutes is just incredible and like the themes outside of her dying are so oh, heavy yeah. like them not being able to have a kid like oh, what yeah. the heck yeah, man it's like, whoa yeah oh gosh this uh, is a pixar instead of just putting their foot in to test the water they're doing a cannonball, cannonball yeah for yeah. sure and that score in oh, that sequence uh, this is another michael Giacchino. yeah so it was ratatouille yes yeah. um yeah, oh gosh. And then the adventure, like, to deliver <laughs> on that premise, to set the movie up with, like, 1930s newsreel serials, and then deliver on the premise, mm-hmm. like, yeah. this, like, weird meta Indiana Jones with old people yeah. is so good! <laughs> so good! Oh, that's such a great idea. Um, and Doug is adorable. Yeah. Like, one, of the, one of the most lovable animated characters mm-hmm. out there. Oh man, I love this movie. Really grabbed uh, the idea of a dog and why they do what they do. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I was hiding under the porch because I love you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, um, man, it's just yeah. You just hit you just hit so many points. Gosh, I love this movie. the The beginning is just so like gut punch of emotion and. And yeah, I just feel like the rest of the film delivers. There's so like, you know, it's kind of a coming of age story for the boy because he doesn't have a father figure. Mm-hmm. And it's kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, him learning to love again since his wife has died mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of wanting to like fulfill their dreams and their adventures. And then kind of like how the movie ends when he finds the book. And it's like, oh my gosh. And it's like, you know, the adventure was like us being together. And it's like, ugh. it's so good. It's so good. And the whole idea of if he's going to go save the kid, he's got to let go of all of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that mm-hmm. scene where he's sitting there and then he just starts chucking stuff out of the house. When at the <laughs> beginning of the movie, he's telling Russell, don't touch yeah, anything. Yeah. Why are you touching that? Leave that alone. Uh, and to the point where he, you know, the the builders want to tear down his house. So what does he do? He just takes his house with him. Yeah. He loves that house so much. 
Uh, and again, more character development mm-hmm. uh, that Pixar's so good at, mm-hmm. where he changes to where he's throwing stuff out of his house. Whereas, uh, what was that guy's name? Um, yeah. Charles Muntz, mm-hmm. the guy who had the blimp. Yeah. He doesn't get rid of his stuff. Where if his baggage is wanting to catch uh, the bird, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin, yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, Carl Fredrickson, oh. uh, yeah, he wants to catch a bird, uh, Kevin, uh, and he can't let go of that. Whereas yeah. Carl overcomes his not wanting to let go of stuff, and that's why he's able to overcome, yeah, uh, Carl or uh, uh, months in that way. So, really, a good two foils that really show the character development. I love that. Man, go watch up if you have not seen it. Yeah, it is amazing. Uh, bring some tissues. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh man. So talking about crying. Oh. Toy Story Three. Oh no. Came out in. Oh, no. oh my gosh, 2010. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and really? Yes. Yeah. And if you guys, uh, if you guys heard this, I put this as my number one. And like I said, it's hard to debate. You know. Um, I I can make a case for all of them, but I chose the third one. Mm-hmm. And I feel like. Some of this is some nostalgia for me, but just it is, it is such a great film. It is emotionally like riveting. I just remember like, you know, I like I was in college at the time. I was it was uh, the summer after my sophomore year, so it's like you know Andy's going to college in this film, and so mm-hmm. I felt like I was like right in line with kind of, you know, his age and kind of some of the stuff he's going through, and just. Man, I just remember going in there and, like, you know, I was, I was excited. I was like, yeah, it's Toy Story 3. This is going to be awesome. I was not expecting the emotional <laughs> weight that film had. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think we can all say, like, that last, like, 15 minutes. <sighs> He's giving away the toys. Yeah, we were we were all we were all pretty messed up and choked up. And when he... Oh, oh my gosh. So, <laughs> if somebody else wants to jump in, uh, I... Um, Let's talk about that last scene where uh, Andy's giving away his toys. And I know I just, I, okay, well, first, <laughs> we talked about trailers already. And when I saw the trailer for this movie, I'm just like, oh, no, they're just throwing this beloved uh, IP into the dirt. <laughs> Buzz is Spanish now, and he's dancing. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't like, want, what a, yeah. And then you watch the movie, and you're just like, oh, my gosh. Pixar, you've done it again. Yeah, you, how have you? you rascals. <laughs> But uh, it's interesting to me because I saw the movie three times in theaters, wow. just with different wow. different groups. Yeah. Uh, the first time I saw it was after watching Inception, and so I yeah. <laughs> so because those movies came out the same year, uh, and I did so I didn't have very high expectations for Toy Story three. I'm like, oh well, I just saw Inception, which is amazing. Guess I'll go watch Toy Story three now. Yeah, and just coming out of that movie with red eyes, and I'm like <laughs> thinking about my life. Uh, so I saw that movie uh, yeah. another time with another group of friends, but then the third time I saw it was with my mom. And <laughs> if I cried when Andy was giving away his toys, she cried when she saw his empty room. Uh. And so I think this movie's amazing, and even the parents. Growing up watching the Toy Story films yeah. can uh, still relate, yeah, and in different ways. I also <laughs> saw this movie with my mother, and that was a mistake. <laughs> um, I just remember sitting in the theater after and just being like, both of us kind of like don't look at the other person. <laughs> 
because you're going to have a breakdown in the middle of a movie theater, and it's going to be bad news bears for everyone. And so it was just like, just, I mean, just staring straight ahead until we got to the car. And we didn't break down at the car. We were able to recover emotionally. But man, you could just feel it between us where it was like, oh gosh, uh uh-uh, no way. Um, My mom cried at the giving the toys away part because my mom tried to force me to give my toys away too early. Oh, no. she, I think it's like it's one of the only times I've ever seen her feel guilty about anything she really made me do mm-hmm. as a kid. Um, and so she made me not give the toys away. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at the college is the yeah. a fine time to do that. But I think that brought up that memory for her. It's a very vivid memory I have with my mother. And so I think that kind of brought that up for her again because it brought it up with me. But for me, the scene that just <laughs> like. <laughs> wrecked me is the incinerator yeah in the garbage yeah. in the junkyard i was like i'm going to watch these toys die now and i'm ill prepared to deal with yeah. that i remember that scene just thinking this is how it ends oh, it's, yeah. it's over there's yeah. no there's no way they tried running they can't do that and they start holding hands yeah and you're thing. just you're like what especially with how they this went the with up yeah, like, I was like, yeah. I was like, they went so far with up. They're committed they might to do this. it. Yeah. yeah, I was like, they're for sure going to do this. <laughs> I, like, I, it was a miracle to me that they didn't. I, yeah, I claw ex machina. Yep. Yeah, yep. yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of the all-time great villains, man. Yeah, that bear. Lotso hugging. Lotso. Lotso hugging bear. What was it? Lotso. Lotso loving bear. Lotso hugging. Lotso hugging bear. Lotso hugging bear. Gosh. With like a tragic backstory, but also still Teddy Bear Hitler. Like, yep. Yep. Played by Donald Sutherland, who was President Snow in the Hunger Games movies. Oh. Um, but oh gosh, his. That so villainous and like his henchmen are so creepy, like way yeah. creepier than anything in Sid's room. That monkey, yeah, no, thank you. Oh, heck, yeah, terrifying. That toy's already terrifying as it is. Yeah, yeah. now he's a villain. Yeah, his eyes are just bloodshot. Like, weird baby. Oh, oh, yeah, big baby. Yeah, oh, yeah. So she was. He. She was so a, sad. Yeah. Oh gosh. Wow. That. It's great. Go watch Toy Story 3 as well. Um, Notice that we talked about emotions the whole time. Yes. Not about the action or the story. Just the emotions that make you want to ball your eyes out. Yes. Oh, man. Um, We're... Okay. So we're we're nearing nearing the end. So Cars 2. I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm pretty good, too. Um, I never actually... This is the only Pixar film that I have not seen. So... Same here. I, uh... I thought it looked pretty cool. There's like a Bond car shooting missiles. Voiced by Michael Caine? Yeah. Um. And I just remember hearing all the reviews like, wait, how, how can it be so bad? I appreciate what they were trying to do, and that is to do something completely different within the Cars franchise. Great idea. Yeah. Such a good idea. You don't want to rehash it. That's such a good idea for a sequel. But it's just every complaint you heard about the characters from... The original, which I didn't have a problem with, was there in this. Oh no! Um, like every, like every, like crappy Owen Wilson thing I hate about <laughs> Owen Wilson just came through in my oh, no. this movie. You're like, no. Yeah, everything I hate about Larry the Cable Guy came through in <laughs> oh, this. Guy. Like no. it was it's a perfect storm. It was playing to their strengths, 
But that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I don't want to see Owen Wilson in Pixar. Yeah. Yeah. So I bought. The, I didn't catch this in theaters. I bought it, and I watched 30 minutes of it, and I turned it off. And I believe I sold it at a yard sale while I was getting ready for the wedding. So that's why that's my Cars Two story. Wow. Yep. Wow. We'll we'll just go out on that. Um, <laughs> so moving right along, in 2012, Pixar gave us Brave. Um, oh, one more thing on Toy Story Three. First time Pixar director. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Oh my gosh, that is awesome. Um, so Brave 2012. Um, I feel like this is one that was for me. It was kind of underwhelming. Um, this came out, I think, a month a month before I got married. So <clears throat> I went to go see it with my fiance at the time, and yeah, I mean, it was it was bearable. Pun, ah. in, pun intended. Oh. Um, um, Not proud of you. <laughs> I thought we were gonna get something more. Um, I thought Merida. I mean. I feel like she was kind of billed as, like, this antithesis to, uh, like, our kind of stock princess characters. And she had some of that in her, but I just felt like the story kind of deviated from her. And then it kind of just became this, like, her and her mother thing. And, like, you know, the the curse about the bear stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I feel like it kind of got... I feel like they had a good idea on the outset, and it just... They kind of got lost. I just watched this movie today, actually, to prepare for this podcast because I wanted to be able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so much potential because there's a lot yeah. of really good Pixar, uh, Pixar morals. Yeah. You know, don't try to change your fate by cheating. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. talk with people. Don't try to get a spell and mm-hmm. turn Take people... Take shortcut, yeah. Yeah, turn people into bears. And I think <laughs> that's the moral that they're going for. And they do a really good job showing that. But... I feel like this is one of the few times where I saw a trailer for a Pixar movie and was disappointed because my expectation was higher than what I got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I could see why people... I didn't understand why people didn't like it because I hadn't seen it. But after watching it, I could be like, oh, I could see why people didn't like it. Because as you said, yeah. Corey, it's uh, it's underwhelming. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted some more magic and I wanted some mm-hmm. more fantasy stuff, as weird as that is to hear me say. Uh, with me being more of a sci-fi guy, uh, I wanted more of that, and I feel mm-hmm. like I didn't get enough. That is my biggest problem with the movie. It is such a misuse of scope. I've mm. never seen a movie get scope so wrong. <laughs> um, you know, you've got these like beautifully rendered and lush Scottish yeah. like, fields and waterfalls and just so much gorgeous scenery that you can play with. Like the scene where she goes to the waterfall and the waterfall's misting. I was like, oh. what the heck? This is amazing. Yeah. And just, it just takes place in that one little area around the castle. Yep. And it's, it's like, it just feels like a missed opportunity. I really missed uh, like the other heads of the clans were all animated so beautifully and mm-hmm. their character design is awesome i love the guy who had the blue face paint and the mm-hmm. hair just oh, kind of yeah. like crazy <laughs> and he looks like insane i loved that and all, they had so much character that i feel like was just not capitalized on it feels yeah. like a it feels like a highlight reel like it feels like a long trailer for a better movie yes i i just it made me want more mm-hmm. in the bad way yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not the good way. Um, so yeah, and then the follow-up to that, we got the next year, which is a pretty quick turnaround for Pixar, is uh, Monsters University. Well, they is... release one movie a year. Oh yeah, is that tr- 
Oh yeah, I guess that's true. So, <clears throat> we got Monsters University, which is kind of like the sequel, prequel to uh, Monsters, Inc. Uh, MJ, want to start on this one? Uh, real cute. This movie is probably the cutest Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the characters are great. Sully and, and Mike are great. Um, yeah. The new characters are real cute. Um, I don't... It doesn't do a lot, I feel like, um, but it's not... It's, like, perfectly watchable. Yeah. Um, I think it's the most... I think it's the most turn-your-brain-off Pixar movie that there is. Mm. Um, as much as you hate that term, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I do feel like you should actively be watching a movie while you're watching it. But I think it's the most, like... I think it's the most... Uh, formulaic? Not formulaic, but, like, have on in the background while you're having the kids do chores movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that they have. And that's fine. I think that Pixar has a place for that in their canon. Um, mm-hmm. But... I don't know if I would like sit down and watch it, watch it again. Part of it is uh, I don't have a college experience. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I kind of can't relate to the movie. Um, I didn't go to, uh, I, I, I didn't finish college, but I also, when I went to college, it was only junior college. So I didn't have like a, an out of town dorm living experience. I lived at home with my parents mm-hmm. while I was in college. So it, it, I mean, maybe some of the college stuff is lost on me mm-hmm. and that might have something to do with it, but um, you know, the like slug running the class is hilarious and yeah. <laughs> the little furry guy mm-hmm. was awesome, the little furry rainbow looking dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the characters aren't so memorable that I committed those names to memory either, mm-hmm. um, which I think is is something that Pixar doesn't really do. Yeah. You know, they I, I just like more memorable characters. Yeah. Um, and really the plot is kind of forgettable too. I don't really remember what the, I'm sure it has something to do with saving the school. <laughs> But that's yeah. basically because that's every college movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Nick. I <clears throat> don't have much to say on this. I I completely forgot about Monsters University when uh, thinking about Pixar movies. Uh, yeah, it me just, too. <laughs> when I saw the trailer for it, I was just kind of like, so is this going to be like a Disney Channel like mm. TV series? Yeah. Because, oh, it's, oh, it's a movie. Oh, oh I guess it is. Oh. Well, out this direct to DVD. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I would. I was not excited about it at all, and I haven't seen it. Uh, maybe I'll watch it in the background while doing something. But as MJ said, but yeah, I again even hearing about it now, I'm not excited. Yeah, to hear it. Yeah, or so, watch it. Yeah. Um, so moving on, we're almost near the end. Ooh. We. Oh my goodness. Thank you for sticking with us. If you have. Yes, if you have. <laughs> I assume you have. <laughs> um, so now we come to the movie that came out this year, Inside Out, Oof. which, man, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it jumped up to my top five immediately yep. when I watched it. Yep. And, um, you know, some people are like, oh, yeah, everyone loves it, but it's just kind of like stir of the moment. Like, oh, yeah, you saw it and it was awesome. But I... I really think it's in Pixar's, like, top work that they've done. Yes. It might not be the top, but it is in their top work. And after kind of, like, a couple movies that have been, you know, underwhelming with Brave and kind of retreads with Monsters University and Cars 2 before that, I feel like this was a really good return to form Yes, for Pixar. And, man, it just it does so many things. I've seen this film a couple times now, and... This was one where we talk about Pixar trailers. I saw the trailer for this, and I thought this was going to be stupid. I was like, 
I don't want to go see this. This looks so dumb. And they chose the weirdest scenes to like highlight the trailer with. And so I was like, I don't want to go see this. So my wife and I went to go see it kind of on a whim. And man, I was not expecting the type of film this was. Mm -hmm. Basically like this, this journey, this awesome word picture, I guess this visual picture of like kind of how the mind works and kind of her going through like stages of depression mm -hmm. and just so, so relatable. It does so many things well. I feel like, you know, it's whole idea about talking about like having to embrace sadness and empathy. It felt like that was such mm -hmm. a, mm -hmm. that was such a good message. And like, you know, it doesn't have to be all together and how those feelings can be helpful at points. And just, I, I remember walking out of there <clears throat> just being like, I feel like they must've had, some sort of like um consultant like a psychologist or somebody because they did, they did because gosh the the child psychology of how like riley is 11 in that film and so up to that point children mainly kind of like associate like different things with like one primary emotion mm -hmm. and so to see her in this pivotal point where it's like she's been like that and you have this kind of like traumatic event that comes in and she's also in this transition of like, you know, growing up and being able to like associate different emotions with that. I just, mm -hmm. I just found that so stunning and how they were able to put that into a visual representation. I was like, this is so awesome. And she's going into this move has been traumatic. She's kind of going into the beginning stages of depression. And so of course, for like the story's sake, joy and sadness have to get lost, but like, that is emotionally kind of what is happening to her at the same time. And so there's, there's so many things like that where I just find it, it was fantastic. And it was done so well. And man, it, and just, you know, and I haven't even talked about just all the emotional stuff that there's like all these different situations where it's like, yeah, I can relate to that. I can relate to trying to, you know, she goes to like the hockey tryout and she's lost joy and sadness. Mm -hmm. And so she's responding in all these other ways and she totally like whiffs it, you know, yeah. or like, you know, just her response to her parents about moving there. Ugh, it's just so good. Um, Nick, I'll, I'll throw it over to you. Okay. So this is the first Pixar movie where <laughs> I saw the trailer and I was super excited. Really? Yeah. I was so <laughs> excited. And I think it has to do with the subject matter of the movie. Yeah. Uh, my degree... Uh, my bachelor's degree is in psychology. Oh, so this was right up your alley. Yeah, I was super excited to see what Pixar would do with that idea. Uh, and I think one of the coolest things about this movie, uh, aside from all of the kind of psychological gags that they do, like abstract thought and imagination land and all those yeah, things. Yeah, train of thought. Yeah, train of stuff. thought. I thought that was all very yeah. fun and clever. <laughs> but one of the things that got me the most is... The conversations I had with my wife after watching the movie, mm -hmm. where, you know, we started talking about, oh, you know, what are the core memories in your life that mm -hmm. have created, like, and what are your islands yeah. uh, in your, uh, your life experience? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think what this movie does so well is it gives people a medium or a frame to really analyze their own personality, where you could say, oh... Uh, this happened to me when I was younger, and that created a core memory that created this island of personality, and I see that in my own life. Yeah. And I think that's the coolest thing that Pixar does with this movie. Uh, if kind of one of the things that Pixar does is they like to say, ooh, here's the secret life of bugs, and ooh, here's the secret life of toys, and here's the secret life of fish. Yeah. Here they did, <laughs> here's the secret life of people. 
Yeah. Which is so interesting. It's even secret to us. <laughs> yeah. Man, MJ. Uh, I have a question for you guys. Hmm. Are you sure this isn't your guys' number one? Because holy cow. It's just, there's just so much going on that it's just, it's awesome. And I feel like a lot of the people that I've talked to, maybe it's just because they have no experience with like psychology or just that side of things. So there's a lot of stuff that I would unpack to them and they'd be like, I didn't even catch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would probably be that person as well. Um, I actually saw this movie because of your recommendation. Um, yeah. My, uh, at the time, my fiance, but my wife and I saw you guys the day after you had seen it, and you were like, you have to go see this movie. Mm-hmm. We, like, you were like, we almost went to go see it again today. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember being like, really? Because it was a Pixar movie that I saw the trailer for and was not that excited <laughs> yeah. about. And I went to see it, and I was like, okay, okay, okay. And just... So, like, they threw every idea at the wall to see what sticks, man. Like, oh, my gosh. That just visual picture of the brain is amazing. Like, the abstract thought sequence is one of the... (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Like, it's it's got some really good gags in it. Mm -hmm. But it's a brilliant, brilliant way to illustrate how the mind works. Like, I don't know how they did that. It, it's beyond me how their their brains worked together to put that, together. that out. Yeah. Did you guys notice that the mm-hmm. memory long term memory walls were in the shape of like brain wrinkles? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love those little details that they did. Yeah. So good. Um, and I really liked the scene where it went to the parents. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And you kind of saw like the emotions that were in control of them aren't the emotions you associate with being good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, dad has anger, mom has sadness. And I was like, I get that. Because I feel like in mine, it's anger. And that's not like, I don't have like a crazy temper, but I'm very like critical minded. Like, you know, and I think that stems out of anger. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and so it's, it's this thing where it's like, when you're an adult, you can kind of harness those things and you don't even realize, like, I never thought about, like, my main emotion is anger here, so I'm going to focus it to be yeah. more of, like, a critical <laughs> thinker and not just be angry all the time. Like, I didn't think about that. Yeah. But I just kind of, like, that's what happened, though. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, I'm sorry, wife, but I, I would say hers is sadness. Like, <laughs> she's a very empathetic person. Like yeah. you said, like, yes. the, the main, like, the goodness that can come out of sadness is empathy. And, yes. And stuff like that. Like, that's su- such an important lesson for kids to learn. Because yes. we we live in a world where everything is just like ball it up. Don't mm-hmm. act like you have problems. If you do, don't show them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. the way that uh, they described what the purpose of each emotion was. You know, joy makes you feel happy. Uh, disgust keeps you safe from like poison <laughs> or whatever. And it's like broccoli. Oh, you mean, oh fear? Uh, no, or, uh, disgust. yeah, disgust. Yeah, disgust. Yeah. Uh, fear keeps you safe from like things. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, like electrical cords, yeah. meteors. I love that list. It's like, how do you spell meteor when yeah. they're coming up with a list of things that could happen at school? Uh, anger, his job is to uh, keep things fair. Yeah. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. And then the whole movie is really trying to figure out what Sadness's role is. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end, Joy says, wait a minute. Sadness tells other people when we need help. Yeah. Uh, when she's looking at the memory of... Uh, when they, yeah. Oh, sitting on the, the tree, mm-hmm. and she's sad, and the parents come help, and then the team comes helps, and that turned into a happy memory. Mm. Uh, and I really think if, uh, I forget which one of you guys said it, 
but it does help kids, and I think people in general show, like, you know what? Emotions aren't inherently a bad thing. When they get out of control, yeah, they're bad. Yeah. But they also have a purpose. Yeah, and I think that's a very important um, thing to take into account that it's what is sadness as purpose. Yes. Because there are so many people that struggle with depression, yeah. mm-hmm. which is you know stems from sadness mm-hmm. in a very, very simplistic way yeah. to say yeah. this, yes, from yeah, sadness yeah. run amok. Um, it, to use the language of the movie, not actually how. I mean, there's yeah. so yeah. much more at play with oh, it. Yeah, I, yeah. I do not mean to diminish <laughs> no, uh, depression no, no, at all. No. Um, but, but you know, um, especially in kids yeah. and teens, like depression is like the number one thing, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I, anxiety disorders and stuff like that all stem out of depression and, mm-hmm. and ultimately sadness yeah. um, in, in some way or another. And I think... That's like kids really struggle with that. And I think you see that more and more. Like, I feel like it's at an all time high. Like, I, I knew people who struggled with depression and anxiety in high school. Yeah. But I feel like I see way more kids now who are dealing yeah. with it. And so I think it was a really important um, choice to have it be sadness. Yes. And, and I think that's, it just really speaks to. I don't know if these guys have kids or if they like interact with kids on a regular basis, but just. Or, or, I mean, I guess you said they did bring on, like, probably child psychologists. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, lots of people yeah. helped make this movie, yeah. psychology-wise. Yeah, so, I mean, it was just so good to, like, kind of cut to the heart of, like, what a 2015 kid really needs to figure out about their emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys see the short film that they released? Of uh, Riley's first date. No, no, uh, it's uh, it's great. It comes with the the DVD, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it shows more the parents' side yeah. of things. Oh, because cool. Riley, remember that kid at the hockey? At yeah, the end the yeah. Day, who's like girl, girl? Oh, yeah, that's such a great. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess uh, he and Riley go on a date, and he comes to pick up Riley, and the parents are just flipping out like. What what's this guy doing here? And so their emotions are going nuts, and uh, the the mom's emotions are like trying to like get information from Riley, but like be hip about it, and it just fails. Uh, it's I I suggest seeing that because it gets more into the parents' side of things. That's that, awesome. That that is awesome. Yeah. I was also when I knew that happened, <laughs> I was really hoping it was going to be that kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it, such a good film. I mean, we didn't. There's so much stuff to mention. I mean, like great cast. Too. Bing bong, bing bong. Oh. Yeah, we do have to. Oh, who who did not? Man, I ugly cried. <laughs> As my wife would describe it. Um, I'm like, man, I'm a 25 year old dude, like breaking down in a movie theater. What is happening? Like, I totally was not expecting this type of film. I was like, oh, this is gonna be like a, a Finding Nemo or something. Mm-hmm. No, no, man. So one of the things about Bing Bong, um, we collect uh, Funko Pops, and um, they're the little like pop culture vinyl figures. Mm. Um, yeah. And uh, we were trying to find a new one one day, and we saw that they had a Bing Bong one, and we were like, oh, we got to get Bing Bong. No, he's a demon. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, that's not right. It's so horrifying. That's not right. Don't look it up, people. Don't look it up. The Bing Bong Funko Pop is a demon. (laughs) (laughs) But he's great in the movie. Yeah, he is. He's such a good character. And Richard Kind is so good as Bing Bong. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I really like about this movie, going to kind of mentioning back to Ratatouille, uh, some of the animation, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the emotions aren't just solid characters. Yeah. They're like, I don't know, they're like 
kind of ethereal and there's like yeah, stuff coming off yeah, of them like you joy it's really yeah yeah uh i just loved that uh so really sweet animation uh the music one of the big themes uh like joy's theme yeah you hear it a lot at the beginning of the movie because it's all happy and, yeah uh and it's like when the the title of the movie hits like that's like the main theme that you yeah. hear and you don't hear it again until she's in the memory dump and she starts looking for the rocket yeah uh because like she's finally like happy again uh so the music is really good uh and then again we talked about the story enough yeah it's man uh yeah return to form for pixar um great film go see it so now finally to uh to wrap up this journey we arrive at the good dinosaur um so let's just jump right into it mj um what are your expectations for this film? You know, uh, I'm after Inside Out. I'm cautiously optimistic, and I know that sounds weird because of how much we just gushed about Inside Out. But I'm cautiously optimistic because this is the first time Pixar has released two movies in one year. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow! And that's, that's true. my understanding is that's the plan from now on. Is that Pixar is going to be doing one summer movie and one fall movie oh. from here on out, and. I don't know how I'm on board I am with that um, <laughs> until we see what happens with this movie. And so I think Pixar is kind of back on track yeah. um, after Inside Out. I just don't... This trailer is real underwhelming to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> real underwhelming. But that's the trend with Pixar that's movies. That's the trend, yeah. So I don't know if that's uh, if that's necessarily right. Um Sam Elliott's in this movie, who I love. Uh, so he plays a T-Rex named uh, Butch. Butch. Yep. And he runs a ranch in it. Because Sam Elliott's <laughs> always a cowboy. And so... Uh, wow. Yep. Um, I do love dinosaurs. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I am on board with that. Just because, not in Jurassic World. Just not... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not unless the uh, the entirety of the film is rendered in CGI. Um, but I, 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 when I was a kid, like, I remember um, being really into dinosaurs. Like, I had so many dinosaur mm-hmm. uh, action figures. And uh, you, uh, I actually... My family tried to keep fish and we could never keep them alive. And so... My dad took the aquarium, and after I had outgrown all the dinosaur toys, he made this, like, crazy, like, diorama out of my dinosaur toys. And, like, it's still in my parents' house. That's so cool. That's awesome. It's dope. That thing is really (laughs) cool. Um, And he got, like, uh, yeah, he got, like, our bird would lay eggs, but she was the only bird, so they would just kind of not be filled with anything. So he, like, took one of the eggs and, like, cracked it open there's like and like cut the head of one of the dinosaur figures off so it looks like it's coming out of the egg oh that's yeah. awesome it's really cool <laughs> there's aside, like aside from cutting off the head of a dinosaur toy yes yeah. <laughs> um well at that point they were more his than mine yeah. <laughs> um yeah that thing is really cool so i i was super into dinosaurs and um jurassic park i mean hit me like a freight train at the <laughs> perfect age um, you know, that movie just like set me off on like mm-hmm. something crazy. And um, I remember um, that in first grade we had to do a report about ourselves and we had to say what we had, 
what we wanted to be when we grew up. And I said paleontologist. And no one in my class knew what paleontologist <laughs> was. Um, so, I like, dinosaurs are not as near and dear to my heart as they once were. But they still have a very fond place in there. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not an island, but they're a very happy memory in there, to use yeah. the inside-out language. So, I'm, I'm, I want to be excited about this movie. I want to like it. Um, I just... That trailer is is kind of a mystery to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. I'm truly hoping for Pixar to use their secret life of uh, mm, yeah. model. And if they do that, I think this movie is going to be great. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if we, if we get a, if we could have a movie about bugs and that's interesting, yeah. surely we could have a movie about dinosaurs and that will be interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm. I'm... MJ, I'm very much on the same page with you, and I I know this is a trend with them, but, like, the trailer is super underwhelmed me. Um, and then, like, they put out a second one, like, I think a couple weeks ago, and I watched that, and it's like, still not sold. Yeah. Um, this looks kind of, kind of dumb to me. So, yeah. but, I mean, that's how I walked into Inside Out, so. That's how I walked into Up. Yeah. And Cars. Yep. So a lot of their films, that's how I've gone in. So we'll just have to see. Um, I'm hopeful, but, you know, it's a it's a cautious um, hope. I saw a, a quick clip about uh, this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw a quick clip about uh, just some of the stuff going into this movie. And one of the things that Pixar is working really hard on uh, is the backgrounds. Yeah. Backdrops. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is more than they've done in any other movie or more than really a lot of other movies have done. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing this like hyper realistic world, and then like kind of goofy animated dinosaurs. The dinosaurs yeah. look very cartoony. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and so I'm curious to see that uh, that balance between the two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think if they if they do that right, it could be a really aesthetically pleasing looking movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of the things I'm looking forward to, even if the story is kind of weird. Uh, I think it's going to look good no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be disappointed if it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Oh, um, man. Well, thanks for being on the longest episode in show history. Yes. yes. Um, thank you if you have stuck with us. Um, so, yeah, we will be back next week to give you guys our thoughts and kind of our summation of what we thought about a good dinosaur. So, yeah. Um, Until then, you can uh, like us on Facebook, on SoundCloud, subscribe on iTunes, comment. Please tell us what you think. If any of the episodes, you know, like of of any of them, please tell us your top five Pixar movies. I want to hear because I know nobody agreed with me today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to get flamed for Ratatouille. I know it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're the guy. Uh, Anyway. So, um... Yeah, uh, tweet at us at before and after pod. That's at before the letter N after pod. Yep. And uh, until next time, go watch a Pixar movie. Any of them. Yep. Not Cars 2. <laughs> <laughs>